What is going on, everybody? It's your boy, Snowbike Mike, back again with another kind of funny X-Cast episode. Of course, your home for all things Xbox here at Kind of Funny. This week, I am joined by, of course, my incredible co-host, the rogue one, Gary Witta. Gary Witta, it's been a while. How was your holiday week? I missed you. Yeah, we skipped. We, I know we skipped last week because it was the uh, the Thanksgiving week. Uh, still, we're still picking through the, the last remnants of the leftovers, you know, they pretty much lasted us the whole week after Thanksgiving. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm well rested. I'm good to go. I gotta say, I love that we do this podcast on a Friday. Cause I'm like, you know, when Friday rolls around, I'm like, I'm starting to think about all the video games I want to play this weekend. Mm-hmm. I'm in a video game in mood. The, the, the timing is right. I love you know, people get to check in on Saturday morning and listen to it. It's the, it's the perfect way to, uh, to kick off the the weekend, I think. And the Friday's the time to get loosey goosey, you know. It's the perfect time. Yeah, get, get a little Ooh. loose, get a little silly, you know. Now, most people know that I love Mondays, Gary, but I'm gonna go with you. I'm gonna say Friday's <laughs> my second favorite day of the week because I get to hang out with you, Barrett, and the whole kind of funny team. And this week is pretty special because we get to hang out with the coolest dude, the guy that is so incredible, just the dude of video games, my good friend Jeff Grubb. From Venture Beat, Jeff Grubb, you're the special guest. Let's go with it, big dog. Thanks for having me, guys. This is awesome. I, I listen to the show. It's uh, it's really nice to be on. I'm always uh, like, oh man, I wish I could be on there to yell at them and how wrong they are about stuff. And now I get to be here and do it. All right. I never, I never, I never, I never, I never put it together until you just said it. But now that you've said it, it's like blindingly obvious. He is the dude of video games. Yeah, I'll take me, it. <laughs> me and my friends love Jeff Grubb. And there's one thing we always say: if there's somebody that we could pick to put on a couch and play couch co-op games with us. It would be Jeff and Grub Grub. Absolutely. When this when this whole thing ends, when this pan- when we get our vaccines, brother, let's make it happen. You got a deal, Jeff Grub. <laughs> now, since we have you on the show as a guest, we're gonna go through some rapid fire questions. And of course, I want you to share the hype. I want you to tell all of the kind of funny best friends, all of the listeners of the kind of funny X cast, what you do, your awesome stuff that you've been up to. So why don't we start with that? Share some hype with me. Tell everybody what you do. Yeah, so yeah, like you mentioned, I, I write for Venture Beat. I write for the the Games Beat vertical. I just write about games. Uh, you know, we're, we're supposed to be like a, a business site, but uh, I when I we had to explain this in an internal pitch meeting, uh, why we do like kind of a, a variety of coverage in games. And uh, I think uh, the 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 line I came up with is the only way to really understand like where games are going as a business in the future is to really ingrain yourself and fully understand where they are right now because it's so complicated. The next thing is going to come out of nowhere. You're never going to see it coming. And the only way you're going to have your finger on the pulse at all to to be able to track it is if you are just keep, if you're, if you involve yourself with everything that's happening in games. And so that's why we try to do a, a bunch of coverage. We do reviews, we do everything, but when it comes down to it, we write about like why games make money, how that business works. Uh, but personally, I also, you know, I have, a. um, I had my summer game mess thing over the summer on my Twitter account, Jeff Grubb on Twitter. And that's like that. I think that's kind of what like brought me to, to a lot of people's attention. And that was fun to kind of keep track of all of the nonsense that happened when E3 fell through and all those not, uh, announcements got spread out all over the summer. Uh, it was fun to keep track of that stuff and keep people in the loop. And really, you know, it, it was, you know what, Mike, you were an inspiration. It was like, Mike, he likes to keep people hype. What is a good, what is the thing I could do here that just keep people hype about video game announcements, even though it's kind of a bummer year. Uh, and that was my goal. And it, I think people responded to that really well. And then uh, I'm streaming a little bit more on Twitch, also Jeff Grubb. And I got my own YouTube uh, where we have our, uh, where, where we put our podcast, actually, Game Speed Decides, youtube.com slash Jeffrey Grubb. Uh, we do that on Friday. We streamed it a little bit earlier. It'll be on podcast platforms later today. So if you want to check that out, I appreciate that. But uh, yeah, that's that's basically me. I just like video games a lot. It's a good it's a good business to be in. 
He's so cool, right, Gary? I mean, he's getting involved in the video game industry. He's out there sharing the hype about Summer Games Mess. I had so much fun following that. Gary, what do you got to say to uh, Jeff Grubb to start off? I love, I love, I love Jeffy Grub Grub. Even though back in the day he had a bad habit of trying oh, to stream, stream, stream snipe me in uh, Player Unknown Battlegrounds. <laughs> you, know, you never Look, hear about I, that one, Mike? It's, no, like, I never heard about that. Oh, he, 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 used to, he, he used to stream snipe me. But, I, but I, the funny, the nice thing about it was though, I still, I still murdered that motherfucker. He still got, he, he still got his just desserts. I, he was I snuck up on him, and I'm like, "Aha! I got this man!" And he killed I got, me. I got the clip, Mike. I'll send you the YouTube because it's, 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 it's the pride of my YouTube gallery. I'll send you the clip after and, the show. Uh, it was so demoralizing. Never tried it again. <laughs> I'm like, That's okay, right. this is embarrassing. So yeah, tell right, me my so lesson. I got my spanking, and now I know. Now I know. <laughs> we got some good history between you two. That means it's going to be a great show. Let's jump into some rapid fire icebreaker questions to get to know Jeff Grubb and just to have some fun. Because man, when you see this guy smile. You smile, all right? So let's jump into it. Jeff Grubb, these are fast, furious. If you want to pause on one and give me a little backstory, that's fine, but let's get through it, all right? Mm -hmm. First console. First console, uh, we had the uh, ColecoVision, but it wasn't really mine. Uh, for my fifth birthday, my brother really wanted an NES, so he made up a, a, like a story, like, oh, I'll pay for half of it. The parents will pay for the other half. And they made me do this, like, follow the rainbow scavenger hunt through my house. And there was an NES in my bathroom, in the bathroom tub when I got to the end. And uh, I stayed up pretty late playing Mario. My older brother stayed up even later. But that was, uh, that was the first real console that was, like, I felt like was mine. I love it. I'm going to say favorite, but this is your best, whatever you prefer. Favorite controller. Uh, I, I like the um the Xbox Elite controller. I'm I really like the Xbox the the new the new one with that came with the X and the S. I think that they've really nailed it. Um, it's it's super comfortable. Uh, and I'm feeling a little bit uh uh, uh angry at my Dual Sense because it gave me a real bad injury because I was squeezing it too hard during some Astro speed runs. Favorite game franchise? Uh, I, I Mario and Zelda are up there. Um, I right, you know what? If I'm, let me be a little bit more interesting than that. Uh, this like Mud Runner and Snow Runner. I think those yeah. are like right at the top of my list. I love Snow Runner. I love Mud Runner. I was so happy to see that that those games are continue to do well. So yeah, that uh, that that's really my favorite. Favorite sports franchise? The Detroit Red Wings. Okay, 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 okay. I was I was much hoping you were going to pull out like respect. SSX Tricky. I thought you were going to pull out maybe some NFL streets, but I like oh, that. Give me the video game. Hey man, listen. No, no. I'm sorry. Detroit Red Wings. I'm always thinking about the Red Wings, even stop. though they stink this year. So this is this is just how it has to. Be. Okay. If you're stop, talking about video, stop, stop. No, hold up. You live in Colorado and you're a Detroit Red Wings fan. That is I, not okay. No hey, listen, way. I, I like I like to be offensive, man. I can't help it. No, I grew. <laughs> I was I grew up in Michigan until I was 15, and. Uh, we hated the avalanche. Boy, did we hate the avalanche. Oh, those, yeah. Uh, but that has died down a little bit, which made it okay to move to Colorado like five or five, six, seven years ago now. Jeez. All right, let's get into some Xbox stuff now. You ready? Favorite Xbox console? Uh, the Xbox 360. I mean, it was, it was, uh, they, they got everything right uh, other than the whole red ring thing. But uh, yeah, no, the, the Xbox 360 was just uh, the pinnacle of, I remember early on, uh, there was some like the one up yours podcast. Everyone would talk about like, oh, everyone's playing this game. And when you go look on your friends list, you see everyone playing the same game. Uh, and and it was like we all were playing these single player games together and it made single player games feel like multiplayer. And that's really where Xbox understood that whole idea and how important that was. And, and they nailed it. I love it. Forza Horizon or Forza Traditional? Uh, Horizon, but I, I love both. Absolutely. All right. Gears or Halo? Uh, I think Halo, Halo, though I'm not, I'm not the biggest fan of either, actually. Do you uh, want the initiative to make a perfect dark game? I do, but I, 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 I'm okay if they don't, but I, I do want them to. I don't think they are. 
Okay. Should Bethesda games go full exclusive? Uh, probably, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Boulder, Colorado or Denver, Colorado? Denver. <laughs> oh, my God. Boulder, Colorado was the right answer. Okay, don't mess this one up. <laughs> Skiing or snowboarding? Snowboarding. No, it was snow biking, Jeff Grubb. Come on. What are you <laughs> doing, Jeff Grubb? All right. Final two questions. If you, me, and Gary were on the couch along with Barrett, we were playing four-player couch co-op madness, what game would you put in for us to play? Oh, that's that's uh, that's tough. I'm 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 bad at recalling information like this. What's the what's the one with the that with the 361 that was um uh the, the 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 hack and slash one that was really popular for a while. Oh, um, Castle Crashes. Castle Crashers. I, I you know it, it's a, it, you know it's really vanilla, but I it, I think it's you know you start that's with fun, that. That, that was really, a fun game though. Yes, it's 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 solid, and you're gonna get a couple really good a good a uh, couple hours of fun out of that. Then you know you do something crazier in the, later in the night, but yeah, I love that one. All right, and this one's going to go for both of you. We'll start with Jeff, though. The holiday season is upon us. You can see me rocking my holiday sweater if you're watching live on Anyone YouTube. Too, if you're not watching the video, you're missing out. He looks amazing. Mike, Mike, Mike's Christmas jumper really is a, a sight to behold. The holidays are upon us, Jeff Grubb. Do you have a special holiday gaming tradition that you like to do every single year or maybe something that you'd like to do time and time again? What is it? Uh, it, you know, this one's more for Thanksgiving, but any, any time through the holiday season, uh, I like to just play Donkey Kong country. Cause it's the game I most associate with the holidays. Cause when it came out, I was like starting to like, uh, be able to like sneak down into the basement on my own. And when we had a bunch of people over the holidays, the house felt really festive and fun and nice, but normally it's like, you know, my, my parents are home and it's me and the, you know, my, my siblings and parents are like, where, where's Jeff? Is he not, is he getting into trouble? But when there's a bunch of people in the house and it's a good holiday, you can sneak downstairs, play Donkey Kong country all day. No one yells at you. You never get in trouble. And I just remember playing that game all that like Thanksgiving weekend. And I tried to recapture that magic a little bit. It never works. You know, nostalgia is tricky like that, but it's uh, definitely something I still try to do every year. It's just play a bunch of Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong country for follow up sure. question. A, what are your thoughts say, on <laughs> Donkey Kong 64? You know, the, uh, I wanted to love that game when I was a kid, and I recognize now that it is a bad game. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry I have to tell you this, but it's a bad That's video crazy, game. crazy, Jeff, because it's one of the best games of all time. <laughs> man, Donktober's over. You could be honest yeah, with me. Donktober's over. Uh, Donktober lives on throughout all of life, man. <laughs> Gary Witta, same question to you. You know, you have been gaming forever. you got the family now. What is a fun holiday gaming tradition that you have in your household? I got to say, I don't know if I really associate any particular games like around the holidays. Um, but I, you know, I think this year, maybe my, it might be the start of a new tradition. Everyone in the in the house is really excited about the winter update for Animal Crossing New Horizons. There's a different there's a different toy uh, in Nook's Cranny every day. Uh, getting, you know, get your Christmas outfits from Able Sisters. The snow is going to start falling, I think, pretty soon. I want to get my Christmas trees uh, set up on the island and uh, have a big uh, I think we'll have all. Um, uh, generations of the family come over probably sometime on uh, is it toy day. I think is on Christmas Eve. I think it's usually the day before um, that, that, that feels I, 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 I've always loved like the seasonality of animal crossing. I think it's mm -hmm. a great way to make the game fresh, especially now that they can do these big uh, free content drops. And uh, it's just, just feels like a great way to uh, really get into the holiday spirit, you know, f lay out the festive trees and the decorations and have a party on your, on your beautiful kind of winter wonderland animal crossing Island. Awesome, you two. Well, I want to start off the show before we get too deep into it with a piece of positivity. You guys know that I love to talk about positive, awesome stuff in the gaming world, and I think we're going to have a win right here, and especially for my guy Gary Witta and a bunch of jabronis out there that have been hogging up all of the new consoles. So 
I don't know if you guys heard, but over the week, a scalping group was shut down for ordering about a thousand Xbox Series X's. That was a pretty fun one. Of course, I'm coming from Eurogamer, a great write-up by Emma Kent. You guys should go check that one out. That will bring some joy. But Gary, that scalping group, they were out here promoting that they had a thousand plus shutdown. What does that make you feel like? I'm not sure if we were referring to the same story, but I did see a story about a scalping group that were, that were bragging about having secured a bunch of orders and then the retailer uh, or the retailers that they had basically canceled all of their orders. I'm not sure if that's mm -hmm. the same story, that's the one, but, they, right, but, they, but they did get owned. And uh, yeah, as, as, as you know, uh, Mike, I feel very strongly about, especially you know, this time of, of the year, like if you're, if you're a parent or, you know, someone out there like trying to get a, a console for your kid or even for yourself and you can't get it because, you know, these, let's say these jabronis, let's say I've got, I've got other words for them, but I feel like jabroni is probably the, uh, the, the most family friendly one that we can use here on the <laughs> podcast. If they're, if they're, if they're unrepentant, that's the thing. They're bragging about it, Mike. They're bragging about it. They're posting pictures of their warehouses and going, Oh, look, oh, look at how many uh, PlayStations and Xboxes we got. And we're going to hold you over a barrel for them this holiday season. Cause we know that some of you are going to be willing to pay, you know, double, triple, you know, four times the price to get one for the holidays. It's, it's, it's not cool. I don't like it. And I think any time that, um, I, I don't know if Jeff's got any perspective on this and like, like if, if, from an industry perspective, what can possibly be done to to make you know life more difficult for scalpers to operate but certainly on a case by case basis you know we see we we are starting to see retailers you know um respond to this uh in the UK it was a real issue there was a um a scalping group in the UK that got i believe secured 3500 playstations that's more than most major retailers in the UK and that's and that's a fly by night you know illicit operation so these guys, these scalpers have got their shit together. They're, you know, they right now they're always thinking like two chess moves ahead. Institutionally, as an industry, you know, from from the from the production process all the way down the supply chain to the retailers, there, there's there's got to be a better way to to we, we got to find a way to, to freeze these scalpers out of the equation. I don't know what that is, but I feel like it's something we should be trying harder to to address. I like yeah, that. I, I, tell me about yeah. these problems. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's it's the disappointing answer that that you know it's just not worth it to a lot of the retailers to spend money on this stuff. Like their their margins are so thin. They're all they're more worried about competing with Amazon than 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 worried about trying to make sure that this like once every five six seven years sort of thing is a, a pleasant experience for us. We're gonna end up paying eventually. We'll we'll deal with the we'll we'll have more patience uh, than they will have willingness to spend money to improve their their very bespoke store system. So my my hope would be that you know maybe a third party does develop something that is like kind of open and very easy to implement and cheap and then every store can just use that but even then like they're that that's still going to cost some money and every store is going to kind of be not every store is going to use it and uh, yeah it's just it's so infrequent console launches and uh, and i know like people like point to like the sneaker system but the sneaker thing is like every couple of weeks there's going to be something new to, to put on there and uh it, it's just not, just not the same thing but we of... i mean we we saw it with the rtx 3080 as well they're impossible to get you know it, yeah. basically anytime there's a hot product the scalpers make it almost impossible to get to your point jeff i guess the problem is for the retailers right they're not really um motivated to fix it because it doesn't hurt them right they that's if they yeah. they don't care who they sell their consoles to if they sell it to a scalp if they sell it to me or you and that's the end point we go set it up in their living room they get their 500 bucks. If they sell it to a scalper, they still get their 500 bucks. Once the money's in their pocket, I guess they don't really care what happens next. Yeah, and, and, and you know, there's there's an argument to be made that like if they sell it to a legitimate customer, that customer is going to be more willing to 
spend more money on other products at that store related to that console purchase. They'll buy games, they'll buy peripherals and, and things like that. Uh, and that, that's something that like Sony and Microsoft are very concerned about. That's why they want to make sure that they're trying to get these products into real gamers hands because they don't make much money selling the hardware. Uh, but, but the, it's still the, it, it's just, it's a, a risk reward. It's a benefit, uh, a cost benefit analysis that these companies are doing. And most of the time they're just, it's just not, it's a blip for them. It's a small blip it's, of like it, people being annoyed. And it's, it's more, it's, it. it's more of an optics issue. Cause as we saw, um, with right. both of the console launches, uh, this, this year, I mean, it was, you know, it wasn't a good look for Walmart, you know, with the PlayStation, right. you know, cause a lot of people are going on there trying to get it, you know, that we've all been through that thing, but oh, 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 I've got it. I've got it. It's in the cart. It's in the cart, but it won't let you check yep. out. Like it's just an exercise in frustration. Again, it's not really affecting Walmart or Best Buy or Target's bottom line, but there's, but there's a, there was a lot, a lot of negative sentiment towards these big retailers over the past couple of months because they can't do their, they're not doing their jobs, right? If, if a couple of bots can get in there in the first 10 seconds and grab everything up, you're going to wind up with a lot of unsatisfied customers. And maybe yep. next time they'll go look somewhere else to buy their, their product. Yeah, and I, you, you bring up a point that that sentiment isn't something that just disappears. The gaming community is very tight-knit. I know it's huge. There's millions of gamers out there, but uh, we, we were loud. We talked to each other. If someone has a bad experience, and a lot of people have a bad experience going to Walmart, you're going to, that, that, that sentiment's going to last. People are going to say, I hate Walmart. I remember what it was like to try to buy a console there. I don't shop there anymore. Uh, we we hold these grudges as a tight knit gaming community. Uh, and and you know, it, there's a lot of benefit for these companies if they can win us over. Gamers are very loyal. We spend a lot of money. And if you can create a, a nice experience for us, there might be something worth it there. It's just, that's like a long run. That's like a long game that these companies tend not to play. It's kind of against, it's not just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm saying it's these companies. It's the system we live in. It's the way capitalism works. And, and and, and there's not much that they are willing to do to change that because they're just looking for the, the next quarter and maybe the next quarter after that. And there's no console launches in those next co couple of quarters. Well, maybe a Nintendo Switch Pro, who knows? But yeah, the most most likely, no, they're, they're not going to have to worry about this again for you know, five, six, seven years. So they're just not going to do anything about it. It stinks. All right. Well, just a little positivity of like, hey, that scalping group got shut down and that's freaking awesome, especially heading into the holidays. One more piece of positivity out there. Got to show some love. Friend of the show, Harris Lilly, is set to host a developer Q&A during Cyber Night, the digital launch party event with CD Projekt Red and Twitter Gaming. That's going down December 9th, 3 p.m. West Coast, Best Coast time. Go figure out your time zones from there. But big shout out to Paris. Congratulations on an awesome hosting gig over with Cyberpunk and Twitter Gaming. Let's jump into the show. Some quick housekeeping news. Of course, this is the Kind of Funny X-Cast. Each and every Saturday, me, Gary, and the Kind of Funny team bring you all the Xbox news you need to know about. And of course, I would love for you to go out there, like, share, subscribe the video on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames. And of course, go find it on podcast services around the globe. 2020 has been one heck of a year. It has sucked, but you guys have made it awesome. So I want to thank each and every one of you on behalf of myself, Gary, Alana Pierce, Barrett, Courtney, and everybody that works hard to bring you the kind of funny X-Cast, thank you all so much for tuning in and watching and supporting. All of you have supported us throughout this dream from a stretch goal to a pilot program to extending past the launch of the Series X. It wouldn't be possible with all of you guys and gals listening out there. So truly and honestly, best friends, thank you so much for supporting the kind of funny X-Cast. Thank you for supporting the kind of funny team. And thank you for supporting one another. I know this is a trying year. I know it sucks out there. But if you guys go out there and have a positive impact on somebody else's day, they're going to do the same thing to somebody else. And we're going to continue to spread the positivity and love. So thank you all so much 
for an incredible year to kick off the kind of funny X cast. It means the world to each and every one of us. You guys ready to talk some Xbox news? Let's do it. All right. We got to start it off with Jeff Grubb. Jeff Grubb, do I need to get my conspiracy theory hat on? Do I need to have Gary Witte explain to me what reaching for news is? Gary, what'd you call it on kind of funny games daily where people they're reaching for news out here in December. What do we call that? When people oh, get I, 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 on uh, the game on uh, the uh, games daily that I call it. It's um, in the newspaper trade. We call it silly season. It's silly where there's, there's, season. there's not a lot of real news around. And so, you know, you, but you gotta, you gotta fill that those column inches somehow. And so people will print anything, no matter how silly uh, we are. We are at, usually the dog days of summer and right over the holidays, you know, when everyone kind of goes to sleep for the holidays, those are the two annual silly seasons. We're right in the middle of one right <laughs> now. So I'm guessing we're going to hear some pretty silly news. We're going to hear some silly news. Jeff Grubb, this is your moment now. I'm out there. I'm going through all the news. I'm checking it out. I see over on Eurogamer, they got a giant write-up about you. And now I got to jump over to the Xbox Empire podcast, which was a great listen, where you were on the show. And you said that you think Forza Horizon 5 could launch 2021. Jeff Grubb, is this some silly, silly news right now? What happened to Forza Motorsport, the platform? What happened here, Jeff Grubb? Okay, yeah. I, yeah, this is a little bit of silly season. You're right. The fact that this stuff always gets turned into news. And I try to couch it. I try to say, you know, this is like informed speculation at best. It's, it's you know, I'm, I'm like, you know, people ask me a question. Like, what do you think Microsoft might have next year that we don't know about? And I said, well, you know, I think there's a chance maybe that Forza Horizon is ready before the next motorsport. And we might see it next year. Like, that's possible. It's possible. I think it's may maybe. It's maybe, but and, like, and I still, you know like, what? I'm sorry. Like, we're going to use that as the headline, Jeff. I'm sorry. Yes, I know. I've learned <laughs> this lesson repeatedly now. Yeah, that's the get you get to use this the headline. Jeff Grubb says that Forza Horizon's For, coming. Forza Horizon Five. Yeah. Yeah. It, so uh, this is not like a worry about motorsport sort of thing. This is a they're taking their time with motorsport. They're they promised it to us already. They are going there. They but I think they they even said like in a blog post that they're like. We are really rethinking this. We're really like building this from scratch. It's going to take some time. And uh, if you look at Forza Horizon, it doesn't need the, sort of, the same sort of reboot. Um, you know, I don't even think Motorsport necessarily needed it, but it could use sort of a, like a, a complete refresh. Where Horizon, you come out with Horizon, Horizon 5 in a new setting, um, it, it, it could stay on that two-year cycle, pretty close to that two-year cycle that it was on. So if it's going to be two, three years, it, why wouldn't it be ready? Playground Games, I know, is working on Fable, but... They could, they have two teams. They could have this ready. And to me, it makes a lot of sense. I, I think, you know, I've, like, I, like I said on the Empire, Xbox Empire podcast, I've heard some rumblings, but it's not, nothing's confirmed. This is just stuff that sort of makes sense based on what I'm hearing. Uh, but, you know, that doesn't, please don't reprint these headlines. Don't say this is again, Jeff Grubb saying for sure this is going to happen. I just think it, it's, it makes sense to me. And I think it would be a good game for them to have as well. I think a Forza Horizon 5 ready for, you know, Xbox Series X and S with a cool setting. It, that game is something everyone will want to get. Uh, and it'll kind of uh, shake up the conversation about, like, where are the first party games from Microsoft a little bit? And it would be a nice surprise, too. That's what everybody's asking, Jeff Grubb. Where the heck are the first party games? Let's stick with Forza Horizon 5. What is the dream setting for you? Uh, I, I think I know it, so I don't want to speculate too much. Like, Gary, you go give you, I'll make a faces. You guys say some yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just trying to remember what the last, the, the, most, the most recent one was in the UK, which I really liked, you know, as, okay. as a, um, as a, as a, uh, native Brit, I, uh, I actually thought they did a very good job of kind of capturing, you know, the rural, 
uh, English countryside. It, it felt very authentic. It had a good vibe to it. You know, the English country manor houses, the James Bond cars. It had this, it, had, it felt like it had very kind of authentically British DNA to it that I liked. What was the one before that? What was the previous setting? Australia. 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 Yeah. yeah. So, like, I don't know where, I don't know where would, where Gary, would they go that would be cool? Gary, do, Bear Courtney, please play the song. Okay. Fast and Furious Tokyo yeah. Drift, Gary. Everybody Let's wants. Oh, that's to what go. you want. You want some drifting? Okay. Come on. I mean, it is. Gary. I mean, it is. It is the best Fast and Furious movie. Now I'm gonna. No. <laughs> okay. What? I'm gonna be very direct right here, Jeff. Grab. I need you to stare at the camera. Yeah. Don't you dare. It. Don't you dare break. All right. I all need right. you to blink five times if this is gonna be set in Japan. For all the audio listeners out there, he has not blinked five times. He's just stayed stoic and not moved at all. Gary, on the other hand, has blinked five times saying that he does want it now to be I in was, Japan. I was actually thinking I would like kind of a classic Americana, like Route 66, Monument Valley kind of vibe to it. Like, you know, the great American, you know, the, the you know, the great American open road. Like that would be kind of cool. But no, but, but, game, but Tokyo drifting like would... for you. It's uh, Pixar's it's car. Yeah, Pixar's cars. <laughs> That's not, gonna, Xbox 360. that's not gonna be it I, I will say like i do agree with you gary and that's like more i think of like a forza's pace is like what you're saying more so than uh what mike wants in the the japan setting which would be dope it would be dope mike and barrett barrett you and i can have a sidebar afterwards let me let me just qual quantify that what it, what i just said about the fast and furious movies it's arguable whether or not you know it's the best one because everyone has their own personal preferences but i was i will say this it is the most important fast and furious oh, yeah, even though it was like intended as like a weird little side project, mm -hmm. it ended up becoming like the narrative linchpin around. Yeah, it introduced around Han. Which yeah, of yeah, it, 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 it introduced like, Han. It's the most obviously yeah. Joy Luck Club introduced Han, which is I guess is now the most important <laughs> uh, in the series. But no, it's definitively Fast Five. Anything underneath that, you can order it however you want. Fast Five is the best Fast and Furious movie. Maybe the best movie. Period. <laughs> Jeff Grubb, what is more important to the franchise? Is it Forza Horizon or is it Forza Motorsports and this new platform they're building? Is there one or the other that takes precedence in the larger gaming community that you've seen? So you really have to keep both of them going strong. Both are really important. Forza Horizon is an open world driving game uh, that's very well made and there's always going to be a spot for that. But Motorsport has this really core loyal audience that does stuff like make cosmetics for the game that then get shared in Horizon. Like they, they work across the game. So, you know, a, a lot of people making those cosmetics, they're doing so in Motorsport because they want to build their perfect car and, and that's important to them. And then we all get to benefit from that if we're people who are more likely to play a lot more Horizon. Um, and, and so maybe maybe Motorsport is actually more important because those, those are the super duper loyal fans of this series who want to always be there. They always want to come back for no matter how many Motorsports they make. Uh, that is their game. And, and I think there is a huge value in keeping that kind of fan happy. Uh, a lot of us are kind of fair weather like, oh, I heard the new Horizon is good. We're going to check that out. And that's important. That, that makes big sales. It, it, it gets the game involved in like game of the year talks and stuff like that. And that's absolutely important. You can't discount that. But I think keeping those core fans happy is actually how you have long-term success. You have a, a long-term community and that's the stuff you can build on for forever. I do what think it was a smart decision that they made, whatever, you know, whoever made that decision way back in the day to kind of basically bifurcate the Forza franchise yeah. into, you know, keep motorsport going, you know, because again, especially with PlayStation, you know, Gran Turismo has always been a pillar of the PlayStation franchise. Microsoft needed to have their version of that. Clearly motorsport uh, checks that box, but at the same time, it freezes out a lot of people that just want to, you know, I, I don't have a lot. I, me personally, I don't enjoy the motorsport games. They're too fiddly. 
right? Like yeah. it's, it, it's something for me, who just wants to pick up a controller and drive. Those games are not accessible to me. So, um, you know, coming up with that uh, companion, I don't even want to call it a spinoff because I feel like it is, you know, it, it, very much its own thing now. Uh, but that kind of companion franchise where you can just like have a good time driving around and not having to worry about, oh, you know, my wheelbase is half an inch off, so I'm not enjoying the game. Um, I, I, I think it was very smart that they basically have these two flavors of Forza uh, to tailor both to, you know, the gearheads and people that just want to drive around and have fun. Yeah. And would it be an E3 presentation if they didn't hoist down a Ferrari or a Porsche or a BMW next <laughs> to Bill Spencer? I mean, they got to keep this franchise going no matter what. Mm-hmm. Let's keep it moving there. Jeff Grubb won't tell me any more about Forza Horizon 5 and whatever. But, Gary Witter, you and I, we've had about a full week to two weeks now with the Xbox Series S. I know you're very excited to share your impressions and your thoughts about it with everybody listening. I brought Jeff Grubb along because he was the king of impressions and reviews throughout that period before the console launch. So, Gary, I'll kick it to you. Why don't you get me hype or get me excited or tell me the negatives about this Xbox Series S? What's up with it? I've had a good time with it so far since the last time we spoke. You know, it was still, I had only just unboxed it. I was about to unbox it or I had just unboxed it and I hadn't really taken the deep dive yet. Um, since then, I have set it up down here. Like I said before, I have this whole theory that the S in Series S is for streamers, you know, that it's the perfect, you know, streaming solution, given that there's no real 4K streaming and that most, you know, PC gaming, like 4K gaming on PC, like PC monitors, it's that's still very much a fringe thing. Like not most GPUs don't drive uh, 4K very well yet. 4K monitor technology is still like kind of, eh, you know, maybe maybe a year or two more. So most, most, PC, most people who are like playing games on PC or have a PC streaming setup that they want to attach an Xbox to via a capture card are going to be gaming at 1080p or 1440p, which is exactly what the Series S is targeting. So you're still going to see better performance with the Series X, but maybe you don't want to spend the extra 200 bucks. I think for a lot of people out there, and we've seen massive, massive uptake in Twitch streaming uh, during COVID because people are looking you know, for ways to connect with, with others and we, you know, big explosion uh, on the streaming side. Um, you know, webcams, uh, you know, podcasting mics, capture cards are impossible to find uh, all this streaming gear right now because there's there's been such, uh, you know, renewed and increased interest in streaming. People are looking to st- you know, plug their consoles into their PC gaming setups and play them. Uh, I think the Series S is like the perfect kind of good enough for that purpose uh, box. And in my experience, let me see, what did I play? I played some, um, uh, I went back to my my Xbox gaming roots. The first, The very first Xbox game I ever played uh the 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 original the classic the big boy halo combat evolved went back ran it on the series x uh played the first few levels of it um and i gotta say my favorite this is obviously nothing new we all know this but my favorite feature about that game is you press that option button and it will toggle you back and forth between the remastered version and what it originally looked like you don't really i i, I feel like they did that because they wanted to make sure that you knew just mm-hmm. how improved because you look at it, you look at the remaster, you go, yeah, this is kind of how I remember it. But like your memory plays tricks on you. you and, but you press that button, they're like, no, 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 this is what it looked like. like. Oh, wow. Yeah, it actually looked incredibly, incredibly primitive. Again, 20 years ago, it looked great. Today has not aged well at all. You can really, really see the night and day difference between, you know, what the original Xbox game looked like and the new remaster. I played, I played it both on Series S and Series X. Little bit, little bit smoother on Series X, as you'd expect. But I, all I, all I know is I had a terrific time uh, playing it on stream on the Series S. A bunch of other games I've been playing, you know, Tetris Effect Connected, which you know I'm in love with, uh, The Tourist, and some of the other, you know, the, the games that aren't going to push the system uh, quite so hard. It, you know, a lot of them are running at 60 frames a second, even on the Series S. Um, I think it's a great little box. I still think it's going to be a really, really important component. 
uh, of Microsoft's overall strategy. I don't know how they're selling or how you know Microsoft uh, even proportioned these. It seemed like the Series S was kind of harder to find over the over the holidays, but maybe because Microsoft put fewer of them into the channel, it's going to take a while for the dust to settle and to really see. But just anecdotally, I'm seeing a lot of people out there that had real interest in the Series S because, again, not all of us have 500 bucks to drop on a console. A lot of people are going to top out uh, around 300 and yeah, anything after that starts to feel like an extravagance, especially if you don't have a 4K TV, especially if you don't particularly care about 4K gaming, as many, many, many casual and game streaming, uh, sorry, uh, uh, mainstream uh, gamers don't. Um, I've really, I've really enjoyed it. I've got it set up here. It looks, it looks gorgeous. The only thing I don't like about it is it makes my, um, my little office down here look a little bit like, you know, kind of the bachelor studio apartment you had when you were like 22 years old. Cause it looks like the sad little hot plate that you get from Walgreens <laughs> and you cook all your meals on, cook your Campbell's chunky soup and your ramen mm -hmm. noodles on it, you know, boy, out of the can. Yeah. You just cook yeah, it right yeah, in yeah. the can. Yeah. When you just like me, when, when you, when you were broke as a, like a, like 19, 20 year old kid in college and you're like mixing up the rice and, and tomato ketchup and going, Oh yeah, this is a, this is a gourmet meal and it only cost me 89 cents. Um, <laughs> it, you know, all the, yeah, we've seen all the memes, but it's, 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 it's an adorably wee little box. It's, it's mm. remarkably powerful for, you know, for what, it, for, for the size uh, and what it costs. I, I personally really, really like it. I think it's going to stay as my streaming box uh, for the time being. And uh, again, I, I, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take months or a year or longer before we really start to see an accurate picture of just how um, uh, important a part of Microsoft's overall next-gen Xbox strategy, the Series S, has been and will continue to be going forward. But I, I have this feeling, I have this hunch that, it's, that it, it was a very smart move by Microsoft to, to add this you know, alongside the Series X. And there was that lower price option for people that, you know, again, you, me, uh, you know, we're hardcore gamers, you know, we'll, we'll blow all of our disposable income on the, on the biggest and the best version. The series X was always going to be our go-to box, but you got to remember many, many people out there aren't either a, aren't as privileged as us or aren't as hardcore as us. That they're going to drop 500 bucks on a gaming box for them. That $300 price point, um, uh, coupled with the performance that the series X series S brings to the table, Again, the, the the two key words are good enough, and the Series S is more than good enough for most gamers. I I, I think it's going to be a really important part of their their strategy going forward, and I personally have had a great time with it. More than good enough. That's a well put right there, Gary. I like that. I'll let Jeff Grubb speak before me because I know Jeff, you got to have your hands on both the consoles really very yeah. early. You were one of the early reviewers, people giving impressions, and I know you're working really hard. I loved all the content that you put Thank out. You. Great job on that, Jeff. But uh, yeah. what do you think about this Series S box on your in your eyes? Uh, I'm 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 really happy with it, and I, I think that I think you know Gary nailed it for the most part. That it, it is it's more than good enough. I think it really uh, fits in well at its price point. I think it's going to be a like a huge thing when it when they anytime they discount it, anytime it gets down to two fifty or lower, uh, you're going to start thinking like, man, this is just a, almost a a media box at that point like the nvidia shield you can go out and get a 250 dollars version of the nvidia shield or something like that and you know you would get that to play a really nice quality 4k uh, you know ultra hd content from netflix and things like that um and and if you think of the xbox and uh, the xbox series s in those terms it's a it's a home run it's a slam dunk it's 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 a no-brainer at that point uh you're going to get all that stuff it's going to run really well in 4k on, on any on any television uh and then it's also going to be able to play games and it's going to also be able to play game pass in the and and those games i you know um 
think the big thing is I'm actually almost surprised at how well games, the, how well the games run. I thought they were going to run fine. Um, I, I kind of, I, I never bought the 1440p thing. I always thought there was going to be 1080p, and for the most part, I think that's right. Um, but I've been, I've been playing Yakuza on there because I have set it up as the media box in my basement over there, and the kids' playroom is right over there, so I can work while they're playing. And I'll put on, uh, you know, Netflix for them, let them watch some stuff while I'm working. And then when it's time for me to go over there and hang out with them, you know, they'll, they'll go play with their toys and I can turn on Yakuza really quick. And first of all, it's quick resume. So it starts right up. I don't have to think about it. It's such a low barrier to entry. And that stuff works just as well on the S as it does, does on the X. And then there I'm, I'm getting, I'm just chilling out, playing a little bit of game, a little bit, a few games after work. And I'm not, I don't feel like I'm missing anything. Cause I'm like, oh man, I wish I was kind of wish I just had the X over here. It's, it's I'm, I never think that it is. It is just a, such a smooth experience. It's really good. It, I think it's going to fit into that sort of situation, a kid's playroom, a media room, like a second room, a bedroom, uh, any of those sorts of situations, it's going to work really well. And then for like those people that are sort of like PlayStation diehards, you know, when you like start thinking like, man, I would like to just have something to play Game Pass with. Um, get the S, just get the S. That's fine. You don't like, yeah, we know you're going to play most of your games on, on your PlayStation 5. And that, that's that's fine. You know, if you're going to, if you're looking for a good way to get into Game Pass, though, to have access to a bunch of games that you could at least try, and if you really like them, go buy them on your PlayStation and get the better versions, a slightly better version for your big 4K big boy screen. That's that's a totally viable thing. But as a as a as a, an affordable way to get a media box in your home and to have a, a good gaming system in your home, I, they they just really nailed it, I think, and I'm 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 surprised how happy I am with it. I like hearing both of you happy because I'm happy with it as well. After my two weeks now with this console, I've been impressed through and through, right? I'm having a really good time. And I look around my house and I notice, well, shucks, I only have one 4K TV anyways. So it's not like I'm missing out on anything going over into the bedroom and playing on this. I think the biggest one for me is, man, I played Immortals Phoenix Rising on this game, on this console yesterday and had a blast. It was fast load times. The game looked good. It played even better. And I was really impressed that it did that. And then transitioning into Call of Duty Warzone, where I felt like, oh, man, I'm just playing Call of Duty Warzone. There was no true downgrade to what I was seeing on the screen, playing the big major titles that I know I play all the time. And like you said, Jeff, I played Yakuza. The load times were still super fast. The game yep. looked just fine. If I'm... If I wasn't standing two feet away from this screen right now as I talk to you guys, I wouldn't have noticed Ichi's little hair details from the X to the S, right? Like it yeah. looked the exact same game and runs the exact same way to me. And that's what I think is really cool about this. And of course, a lot of gamers out there, Gary said it best, right? Here's the diehard gamers. We know what you want. This is like the family of four. This is that college student with not enough money. This is, you got to know what kind of gamer you are and understand this is a great box right here. This is a terrific box for the price that it's at that's capable of doing a lot of awesome things, also playing your Netflix and Hulu. It's small enough where every time I pick it up, Gary, I feel like I'm holding a small baby. You know what I mean? I'm like, man, this oh, yeah. thing is perfect to just walk Precious. around with. Because when I pick up the Series X, I'm like lumping it around. I'm like, oh, my <laughs> God, it's so heavy. But truly and honestly, this box is fun to pick up and change room to room. I actually enjoy doing it a lot just because of the size and what this thing is. So. I'm impressed by it too, and I'm really enjoying it. Little down on still the storage space. I know we could talk about that, but honestly, truly, I have seven games installed, and I'm 98% of the way full. So I'm a if little get, disappointed in that. 
I think I, a couple of points. First of all, on that on that last point, um, I think you know because I've got the expansion card. I think that if you if you're looking to juggle games, like some people like you know they want to go back in their, the bedroom or their den or whatever, whatever their basement and play on a second Xbox. If you manage your storage in such a way that the games you feel like you're going to be juggling, put them on that expansion card. Just pop the card out, take it down to your basement, pop it in the other Xbox. And it's going to work just fine. So, you know, you'll be able to move those things back and forth and it's fairly convenient. I think that's going to become more viable once, you know, the storage options um, start to open up and the prices coming down. The other thing that I didn't mention, though, but all three of us basically are case studies in this. I mentioned the Series S as, you know, a good opportunity for Microsoft to sell, you know, uh, Xboxes to the casual market that aren't, you know, the, the kind of people that are going to drop $500 on an Xbox, but maybe they'll drop three. There's also people like us, though, who will buy more than one, right? And like, if you think, like, my, like my, it sounds like my situation is actually quite similar to yours and Jeff's in that, you know, so the living room is the flagship, right? The Series X is there. I've got my way too expensive LG 65, you know, inch OLED screen. That's that, you know, if you want to, if you want to like really kind of roll out big time, that's where you play those games. But sometimes my wife just wants to go back into the bedroom and chill out with Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Put a Series S back there. You know, like your, t your TV in the bedroom is probably like, so for example, like we've got the big fancy TV in the living room, but back in the bedroom, it's just like a $300 TV that we got from Walmart. Like it's a good yeah. enough TV. And so it's sometimes when you want to change it up and like, again, go into the basement or your kids want to play a game or whatever, um, the Series S is, I think, is also potentially going to be a good play for, you know, the more serious uh, you know, gamers and the people that have got more money to spend, families, people like that as the second box, right? The backup box, the boxes in the secondary location, in the den, in the basement, in the bedroom. Microsoft's done a great job with this of, you know, the save only, you know, when you, like if my wife's playing, playing Valhalla, for example, in the living room, decides to go back into the bedroom and, uh, and, and play, it takes like two seconds for her save to sync to the other box through the cloud. And she's playing right away. It's super fast. Um, it's it's really really convenient. So I think like you've got to be pretty hardcore to like you know like put Series X's everywhere you go in the house, right? I'm sure some some one percenters are doing that, but I feel like there is a market, not just people that are buying Series S as their only box, but buying a Series S as a second box to put another location in the house for like not the not the super duper premium experience you're going to get in your living living room or whatever your like a alpha location is, but to have that have that ability to go and like pick up a like, again. I want to play. I want to play. You know, Yakuza. Leah wants to play Assassin's Creed. We both can't play at once. One of us, or you know, we'll flip a coin, and one of us will go play in the bedroom. And and having that Series S is is a way to open up that possibility without having to drop you know five hundred bucks twice on two Series Xs. When especially for that second box, you probably don't need that much power in a second you know location where your TV is not going to be as fancy or whatever. Um, I think that's that's an option as well. If Microsoft can get to a point where they're selling multiple Xboxes to you know families, then you know that's a good position to be in as well. I'm a, I'm also a really um, like speaking to just the the idea of the performance. I think I haven't had any issues when I'm playing games on on Xbox Series S or X where I notice and I'm like, oh, I'm unhappy with the way this game performs. But when you see the comparison to PlayStation Five and you hear, oh, it's because the development can't have haven't been out there for very long. Um, that only that just makes me hopeful. It's like, oh, it's all these games are already already running pretty well. And the assumption here is as developers get more familiar with, with the new dev kits, it's just going to get better. Uh, like there's this idea with the, or it's an old idea now with AMD GPUs because it no longer applies. The AMD GPUs are pretty refined when they come out. But this old idea called, uh, the, they age like a fine wine. Like there's a fine wine driver update schedule where, uh, you know, they started out pretty good. They were pretty good GPUs. And then as the drivers get more refined, uh, it ages like a fine wine and the performance gets even better and you get even more out of this thing yeah. that you bought a while ago. And I think that we're going to, and, and that, to be clear, 
that's just kind of BS marketing. Like that's like people convincing themselves that they're really happy that the thing didn't perform as best as it could have right out of the gate. But there's still something to it where it's like, if it's running well right now, if it's running pretty good, and it's just going to get better over time. Uh, that's you know that's kind of that's no, I, I that, right? Jeff, I don't I don't think that's BS at all. I think that's something that we've seen in you know as an established pattern in console generations before. Consoles, consoles weirdly, yes, yeah, consoles weirdly do get better with age, even right. though the technology is not moving. Developers learn as time progresses how right. to squeeze more potential out of them. I'll use an example from the PlayStation world: The Last of Us Part Two. Although that's running on a PlayStation and on a PlayStation, a PlayStation Four and a Pro, that could never have been a launch title because they couldn't, they didn't know enough about the PlayStation to squeeze the performance out of it. That would, that was a title that came at the very end of the PlayStation Four generation. At which point, Naughty Dog and Sony had learned everything about squeezing, you know, every little shortcut, every little trick, how to make that game look as good as it looks. That would not have been a launch title. And so, I think you're going to see, um, you know, going forward, you know, across PlayStation and Xbox. The, ga the games are only going to get better, especially because this is a pretty big overhaul technologically. The games are only going to get better, as, even though the hardware remains static, our knowledge of how to get the best out of the hardware improves with every new game that we develop. So, yeah, I think you're going to see, I, I think you're going to be seeing um, the full, uh, you know, potential of these new generation consoles only, uh, you know, really kind of come to the fore, maybe a, at least, at least a, a year, two, three years from now, as the developers really start to kind of get under the hood and figure out you know, where, you know, where all the, all the tricks and shortcuts are. All right. Hey, you two, what do we think about this box's future though? Of course, as you say, we're going to see developers really find a way to fine tune all these games to be best on these consoles. But do we think that this series S is going to last the long run of this console generation? Will we have a drop off here? What is this box going to be in five years from now that you guys can think of? Uh, yeah, I, I think it'll, I think it'll be fine even in five years. I think it'll be fine. I, I think that there's a chance, especially as like, um, Xbox all access sort of subscriptions where, you know, you pay the $35 per month or the $25 per month. And over two years you get that and you get, you get the console and you get, uh, you know, game pass ultimate, uh, once those, once those subscriptions fall off and then Microsoft's looking for new things to put out there to get those people back on the treadmill of paying a lot of money each month. Um, maybe they might think of like some sort of revision that comes out and makes the series S maybe feel a, a little bit old, maybe not run quite as well. Uh, but even in that situation, I, I wouldn't worry too much about it. Cause I think um, it'll be fine, but it also creates a situation that that happens with like Nintendo consoles where uh, or Nintendo handhelds specifically where, you know, the people that care, We'll just go out and buy the new Xbox and then they'll either hand their Series S off to someone else and, or a little brother or, or you know, or, or a cousin or, or whatever. You give it to your mom or something and she could use, like, oh, hey, you could play games if you want. And you, you, this could be the best. It's going to be way better watching Netflix than that old crappy Amazon you know, stick that you have. Um, and and it'll, th those things will continue to live on as like secondhand devices and create more customers for Microsoft to sell games to, more people to subscribe to Game Pass to. And I, I think Mike, Microsoft knows this. I think it, they, they understand that that's like the eventual life cycle for, for a console like this. And so they are going to do everything they can to make sure that the set, that the Series S continues to work and is supported and runs just fine. Um, and honestly, if they are targeting 1080p, um, I look at I look at the PCs, the RTX or the, the RX uh, 480. It was a, uh, an AMD GPU that came out um, four years, four years ago, five years ago, targeting 1080p. And honestly, to this day, you barely need more than that 
four years later because 1080p we've pretty much topped out we've, you can't really do much more with graphics at 1080p until you start getting into ray tracing and stuff like that uh but but for the most part at 1080p you can get 60 frames per second with a four-year-old gpu and i don't see that changing much actually over the next couple of years we've reached that plateau where you're going to get good enough and and to, to, to if you need more hardware than that you're talking about spending more money as a developer making more bigger and more expensive games. And that's sort of something most developers actually aren't going to do. They want to spend the least amount of money making something that appeals, appeals broadly. And I think that's going to include the Series S for the next five years. I think that Series S is, um, again, a really important part of the launch strategy right now. Again, you know, it's, it's often easy to take for granted. But for many people, price is the most compelling factor. And for people that are looking at, you know, they want to get into the next, you know, they're seeing all the hype, you know, in the mainstream media right now, everyone's talking about next gen consoles, they want to, they want to get in on it, they're looking at the prices that are available, you know, you've got 500 bucks for the top end PlayStation, the Series X, you know, 400 for the, uh, the digital uh, PlayStation, and then, and then, you know, Microsoft right now has the low ground, if that's a, you know, it's over Anakin, I have the low ground, I've got the $300 box, <laughs> um, you know, that a lot of people are just going to get the cheapest box. And again, it's, it's good enough for most people and you know what most people is a lot of people you know that's the like the, by definition the majority of people who are going to be potentially the market for that box where i think it's interesting and i want to bring the conversation back to something you and i've talked about before mike especially since we've got jeff here who thinks a lot about the business is is our theory that i think microsoft is going to continue to reach more into catering for the low end and, and lo lowering that barrier to entry more and more. We've talked about the idea of like a, you know, a, a, an Xbox stick, like a, like a dongle, like a Chromecast kind of thing. You know, maybe, maybe they do some kind of Stadia type, you know, pack where there's like a, there's a Series S controller in there with a little dongle that goes in the back of your TV uh, for cloud streaming. Again, I still think that give it a couple of years you're going to see now you only go like to walmart or target and you see the wall of all the tvs in the electronic section and they'll have those little stickers at the bottom that tell you all the things that they do netflix you know disney plus spotify amazon i think you're going to see a little green xbox badge added to that as they bake in like a little xbox uh x cloud or game pass app into your tv microsoft already own this territory in a way that sony doesn't right right now today it's possible to get into the xbox ecosystem without buying any xbox hardware if you've got a windows pc or an android phone get yourself a game pass subscription and you're playing xbox games right we you can do that right now and i think that microsoft is going to double down on that perhaps with a dongle perhaps with baked in smart tv apps most likely both. I think that is something you're going to, I know that Phil has hinted at that in the past, but I think in the next couple of years, I think you're going to see that become a reality. Uh, may, maybe some kind of dedicated dongle, but I think more likely and almost certainly smart TVs with some kind of Xbox uh, cloud streaming app baked right into the firmware. Yeah, that's without a doubt, that's going to happen. Like you're absolutely right about that. I, I think uh, Microsoft's going to get really aggressive about that. I think um, most, most TVs, most smart TVs uh, would would run just fine as, as a cloud streaming platform. Uh, some TVs are, are worse than others because they just kind of use pretty low end crappy chips. But but that would make like uh, browsing the interface kind of a pain. Uh, but Microsoft might be the kind of company that could step in and say, "Hey, you use maybe a slightly better processor to make sure that the cloud experience is good. Why don't you uh, kind of come work with us in Azure, and we'll put some of your cloud stuff on, on Azure to make sure that the TV experience is really smooth, and anything you want to serve up from from the cloud to your t to your smart TV platform as like your way of making money on these really cheap sets that you're selling. Maybe we can help you out with that, and then uh, and then you know as part of that, make not don't just put Xbox the app on your TV, make it up like included from the start. Put an Xbox button 
on a controller. Maybe maybe we can find a way to pack in video game controllers with the TVs. There's there's going to be a lot of opportunities here for Microsoft to like make those partnerships. They are a company that can that can afford to do that. They're positioned because of their their cloud infrastructure to help these companies in ways beyond that goes beyond just like offering video games on their TV. They can help them with other stuff. Um, and I think that's going to be attractive to like companies like TCL and 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 you know this is this is inevitable. This is a race. This is Microsoft not just racing against like Sony. They're racing against uh, you know and, and not just Google or Amazon like Tencent. Tencent's going to want to be in like TCL TVs offering up something similar. And if, if Microsoft can get there first and also be so much better than everyone else in terms of the games they're offering, the experience they're offering, the quality of the cloud streaming experience, uh, so that when other people show up and they're not as good and the games aren't as good, uh, it's going to be like it. Do, do you know? Do you want to get on Game Pass tonight in the same way? Do you want to watch Netflix tonight? It's going to that, be synonymous yeah. with, the, with with the act of playing games on a TV for a lot of people. I agree. I think I think I think the 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 big win, the 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 end game that Microsoft is going towards is that is achieving that same kind of ubiquity that Netflix achieved. Jeff made a good point. Like once 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 the hardware manufacturers are putting a dedicated button on the remote, like they do now, like you know Netflix, uh, Amazon. Uh, you know, on the PlayStation 5 remote, they put Spotify and Disney Plus buttons on there. There's deal making that goes goes on behind the scenes, you know, to, to get that button placement. But and, and, I, and I think that's what Microsoft is, is going to want to get. Like they want that Xbox button. They want the Xbox badge on every TV. I think as well, um, Jeff makes a good point about I, I, Microsoft's very protective of their Xbox experience. And I think that they, you know, they won't put it. They, they won't just license it out to anyone. They probably would say, look, if you want to have the Xbox app on your TV, you've got to hit like, your TV's got to hit like certain technical specifications to make sure that people can have a good experience. The whole point of cloud streaming is you don't need a lot of muscle under the hood because everything's done server side, but still you want to have a snappy interface. Like you want people's first experience with, with Xbox or the Game Pass ecosystem, if it is coming through a smart TV, to feel snappy and good. Like probably the networking hardware that's baked into the TV uh, needs to be like a good Wi-Fi chip, like make sure the yep. Ethernet is solid because you, you, that's really important. But also just in, enough processing for, you know, just the interface and the front end and the UX uh, to be good. And, you know, again, most low-end TVs can do that. I have a crappy $300 TCL TV uh, that has Roku, be perfect. It, it, yeah, it has Roku baked into it and it works great. So, you know, the, 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 again, the key is like making the barrier to entry low enough that it can become truly ubiquitous. We're just like every, it's, it's just something that comes with every consumer electronics device. All right. I like all that. Oh, got me thinking about the future. Got me excited about what the possibilities could be. Let's round this up. Gary, give me your final sentences, two sentences. What do you think of your impression of the Series S that we've had for the past couple of weeks now? I, I gotta say, and I'm and I'm like Mr. More Power, right? You know me. Oh, oh, I gotta have more power. Um, <laughs> originally, originally the plan was to have uh, a series to have a second Series X as my streaming box, and as I realized that probably was overkill, um, given that uh, again I'm I'm gonna get slightly better performance, but in all of the ways that matter for streaming, 1080p, 14, I've got a 1440p native monitor, Twitch only outputs at 4K streaming is gonna come one day, but it's not there yet. Right now, Twitch. Mm -hmm caps out at 1080p 60 so for basically anyone who's in the streaming game right now the series s is gonna do the job and again i, I played um in the same way that you didn't notice notice a massive difference uh but I, I, if, I think you've actually put them like both side by side you're gonna see the difference but like if i'm playing halo master chief collection downstairs on my series s and then go upstairs and play it on my series x 
as I as I did, I'm, I I remember thinking like, yeah, this feels a bit smoother, but it's not like night and day. I'm not like, oh, I'm really starting to regret putting a Series S in my office because I feel like I'm missing out on all this extra performance. It's not a big enough deal um, that I feel like I need to be like X'd out all across the house. The and this is someone who, again, I've got more money than sense. I will I will blow I will blow too much disposable income on shit that I don't need. I, I could very easily have put a Series X in my office, even though it would have been overkill. But the, but the Series S has proved itself. Again, I keep coming back to it. Good enough. More than good enough. I'm very happy with it. The, the time may come in the, in, you know, down the road that I'm thinking, oh, I kind of want to do an upgrade. But for right now, I'm really, really pleased with it. And again, I don't know how much of it factored into Microsoft's strategy. But again, I keep coming back to the S is for streaming. If you're looking to stream video games on Twitch or YouTube or, uh, God forbid, Facebook, you know, don't go there. But, you know, whatever, whatever <laughs> platform you want to stream on, um it's 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 gonna do the job for you and i'm I'm really really pleased with it and again I, I i just think it's a very smart pillar of microsoft's overall strategy i think it's the beginning of them catering to the, again for me that that long-term dream of xbox is just everywhere buy tv xbox is on it you know it's like it's, it's like like netflix for example right? it's almost impossible to buy a tv that doesn't have netflix on it baked into the it baked into the hardware at this point and i think that's ultimately where where they want to get and that that might end up being the 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 um the magic bullet that 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 really helps them compete seriously with sony because we all know they have a lot a lot of of uh of territory to catch up on uh with so sony is still obviously the the, the big one you know massively more successful than uh, Xbox One, uh, Microsoft's coming into this new generation, like significantly behind in terms of uh, user uh, install base, user base, mind share. Even like the PlayStation for me is still a bigger brand than Xbox. Xbox has done a great job of like ingratiating itself into the public consciousness as just one of the big, you know, kind of gaming brand. Like everyone knows, oh yeah, Xbox. I've heard of that. Video games, right? Like if everyone knows what it is. Um, but there's, but they still have a lot, a lot of uh, territory to make up. And I think that. Um, Again, just just making it as easy as possible, uh, and 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 training people to think of Xbox not as like literally a box that you put you know under your TV, but as just like a place where you go to play games. And there's like any number any number of like hardware solutions that will get you there. And it just gets easier and easier because oh look oh shit I just bought a new TV and it's already got Xbox baked into it. That to me is the end game, and that that's what's going to essentially be the the game changing part of Microsoft's strategy over the next few years. That was like, a really I, long two sentences, yeah, I, Gary. Yeah, I, I, I'm like, I forgot where I even was, Gary. When it was right. Jeff Grubb, really quick, if people are asking you if they should buy this console or not, what are you telling people? Uh, yeah, well, real quick, you're, Gary, you're right. Yeah, we, you, more power. I've always considered you the Tim Allen of video games. Yeah, my two cents is, 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 is I want to go play it right now. Like, uh, yeah, I got the Series X over here for like coverage. Um, I have connected to my 4K capture card. So that if I need to do a YouTube video comparing some stuff, uh, it's go it's going to be here for a while, and eventually I'll, I'll take it up and I'll like permanently place it next to the 4K TV. But I, I want to go over there and play my my Series S when I get done. And every time I've done that, it has never been this experience where I'm like, oh man, I I this is kind of a bummer. I'm sad that I'm playing on this inferior console. It's never occurred to me. I, I, instead, I'm just enjoying playing games on it, and, and it's it's been great for that. So so yeah, and 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 just to elaborate on Gary's last point there, real quick. Uh, you know, he's talking about like Microsoft's got a lot of catching up to do. I think um, Dave Lang, uh, who's a developer, I think pointed out like, what well, you know, when developers think about making games for a console, they aren't necessarily thinking about the install base. The thing that they're worried about is attachment rate. 
And that's that tells you like how willing people who own a console are to buy more video games. And the Xbox, even through the Xbox One generation, has always had a really high attach rate. The people who buy games on Xbox buy a lot of video games. And I think that Microsoft sees Game Pass as this pathway to uh, building on that, where you get people into Game Pass, they get they start playing games with their friends, and they those those friends start talking about games more. And then when they want to go out and they want to play the next big video game that's coming out, maybe it's not even coming to Game Pass. Well you're more willing to make that investment to buy that next game because you know you have friends who are going to be there to play with you. And that that is, is this network effect is huge. Microsoft sees that. They have the telemetry telling them this is what is going to, going to make this, push this thing over the top. And I think they're going to see it through. And it's, I think it's going to end up, you know, really working out just fine, fine for them with a console like the Xbox Series S. Awesome. Well, both of you said it very well. I'll keep mine short, sweet, and simple. The Xbox Series S is dope. Y'all should check it out if that fits your needs. <laughs> Go That's out how there you and do go it. Grab it. All right. Beautiful. Now we're going to wrap up the show with a quick user best friend question coming in from Danny S. He says, Guys, do you foresee any get hype moments at the Game Awards this year for Xbox? I have to imagine they have something big considering last year they dropped two megatons, the Hellblade 2 trailer and the Series X announcements. And this year they might want to try and match that level of excitement with something else. So, Gary, I'll kick it over to you first. The Game Awards right around the corner. What do you think Xbox is going to bring to the table to get us all hyped and excited? I mean, what could it be? Because all the like, we already like we already know that the next Halo is coming, right? They already did that one. We know the next Fable is coming. The next four. I, I'm not super excited about the next Forza. I know some people would be, but like, yeah, okay, there's going to be a new Forza. I'm trying to think like what's what's still like not on what's not yet on the table, but Microsoft could put on the table in terms of their big franchises. It's 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 too early, but maybe. Again, maybe one of the Bethesda titles that they've acquired, you know, a new Fallout uh, or the, you know, whatever the next uh, Elder Scrolls is going to be, you know, they, they they could go all out there. Uh, I think it's probably too early for that. And I'm, I'm trying to think like what else is is in their kind of brand portfolio. And you, you know me, I, I want them to bring back Crimson Skies and Perfect Dark and all of the old, all of the old favorites. But that's not necessarily like a sit up and pay attention kind of thing. Um, I don't. I don't know. I don't know what I don't know what it would what it what it would be, but I do feel like they're gonna a a, a yes, I think they're gonna do something, and b they kind of have to because they're still fighting this narrative that you know they don't the the the, the game portfolio, especially with the exclusives, could be stronger. Um, I think Sony has a slight edge. At launch had a slight edge in terms of game uh, exclusives. I don't think that's going to necessarily uh, perpetuate throughout the life of the the next generation. Um, but but Microsoft do need to to make some moves there, and I think that uh, that but again, it's it's going to be a while before we really start to to see you know the the fruits of it. But that that Bethesda acquisition was massive massive like they picked they basically just augmented their exclusive portfolio with like not just one but like two three four major major franchises doom wolfenstein um uh elder scrolls and uh fallout that like he picked all and and, and and there's there's others as well that are, that are kind of tier two but like that was a massive massive uh uh um uh increase to their um addition to their uh, first party stable and i i feel like the next the next really big like oh shit look what microsoft has just announced is probably going to come from that bethesda acquisition it's going to be one of those then whatever the next installment is on one of the, in one of those big franchises all right yeah I, jeff what what are the get hype moments lay it on me yeah i i, I so I, I don't know anything but I, other than i've heard that they will have something and i and i think it's something we haven't heard of before but i, I don't want like people to like speculate that it's like a, a megaton 
I don't know that for sure. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, don't get your hopes up too high. Maybe it is, but I, I don't know. So don't go wild with speculation there. Um, I, you know, my hope is, and I, I know the, the Bethesda deal hasn't closed yet, uh, but I hope one of the things is the new Wolfenstein. Um, I would love Wolfenstein three to show up there. Hell yeah. Uh, that would, that would, yeah, I would, I am so ready for that game. And if they can, they could show that and um, even suggest the relationship with the X, with the Xbox there at that point, that would be really good for Xbox. Um, and, 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 you know, uh, what about the initiative? Know. Do we, do we think yeah, we finally I, see what they're up to? I think it's a possibility. I think that I know that they were, there was small talks, light talks earlier this year before the pandemic uh, saying that, you know, if we have an XO 20 or whatever, and, and if we do that, maybe we'll talk about the initiative there. And, you know, this was just like light chatter. Um, so th that time frame would kind of match up a little bit with, you know, they don't have that. There is the game awards. Maybe they could do it there, but that doesn't mean that they're ready. Now this was, this was, you know, 10 months ago that these that i heard that i heard stuff like this um but i still think it's it's possible and if it's ready boy it would be nice to get out there and just like kind of like give us an idea or or give us a good idea of what this is so like there's people who are doing like the puddle news right now where they're like they're hearing oh it's episodic let's freak out um we don't know what that means even if it is episodic we don't necessarily know how that like maybe it's episodic like the final fantasy 7 remake is episodic so let's just if you, there's something there tell us so we can like have a, a good idea so people can stop sort of losing their mind about it um i think that would be great too i like that i'm gonna swing for the fences guys because i like oh, to go big on this podcast so we're gonna see the initiative come in with the title splash screen perfect dark is in the making i want to see what compulsion games is doing i'm looking for that next title and most of all we're bringing back fusion frenzy and Conquer's Bad Fur Day. It's going to be the next oh, Microsoft Xbox console platform mascot. We're going to ditch the nitty gritty. We're going to go out there and be like, hey, Deadpool was hot. Everybody loved that R-rated Deadpool. You get Conquer's Bad Fur Day mature title. That's honestly, what we want. I, I, know, I know we joke around, but like, I th honestly think that is a box that, that they need to check. Sony's got, uh, got, got that box checked very, very well between Sackboy, which I keep telling people, it's a great game. Sackboy is really a lot of fun. Really beautifully designed game. Very, very cute. Um, and then they've got. I'm the imagining a rated R Sackboy, and that's yeah. not what I would be imagining. Yeah, right well, now, so. and they've got and they've got Ratchet and Clank as well. But so, Sony's got not just uh, um, not just uh, Conquer, but you know Banjo Kazooie on the bench. They need to get these characters off the bench and get them back in the game. Yeah. Get them in they the game. You know what, Jeff Grubb? One before we go, they need to bring back Doritos Crash Course. All right, bring back yeah. Doritos Crash Course. Yeah, make it here's, happen. Here's your Xbox Game Pass or Play for the week. Hey, guess what? NHL 94 Rewind is now on Game Pass thanks to that EA Play deal. So go out there and check out some old school hockey with a new school look. NHL 94 Rewind on Game Pass now. Go play it over the holidays. Jeff Grubb, where can everybody find you? Twitter. Get me on Twitter. I, I tweet way too much. Don't follow me unless you're prepared for that. If you regret it, unfollow me. No bad feelings. I'm Jeff Grubb on there. Please you know, give, give it a try at least. Yo, follow Jeff Grubb. He's the dopest dude in video games. He's the guy I want to play video games on the couch with. It's impossible coolest. if you're the dopest. How is that possible if you're the dopest? It doesn't, make, <laughs> doesn't work, man. Gary Whittle, where can all my friends find you? Gary Witter on Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube. Easy to find. G-A-R-Y-W-H-I-T-T-A. I'm going to be uh, doing some streaming again probably as soon as uh, this weekend. I got, a, I got a bunch of stuff I, I want to catch up on. Too many games, Mike. That's the problem. Too many games. Like, the by the way, let me, just, let, let me just add this on there. I don't know how hardcore. This, 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 this will, I know you're hardcore Xbox, Mike. This, 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 will, really, this will be a real shibboleth for you. Talking about, the, uh, about famous uh, game uh, characters that Microsoft could bring off the bench. Sneak King, let's get those. Oh, let's, no, get those let's get those. Sneak but King too. I, 
I had I went I went to Burger King. I had I had in the box every 360 Burger King title, including Sneak King, which I actually thought was a very underrated game. And maybe, maybe God, it's time for so the king. Cool, Gary. Maybe it's time for the king to, to get off the bench, get back into the uh, console wars. Let's get some next generation. Because now, of course, you wouldn't have to pick up the game. Now you just get some kind of download code or something. But I'm, I'd, I'd be all for next gen versions of um, what were they? What were the other two? Sneak King was one. What, there was like a racing game. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you, uh, bump, you guys bump, are the bump, best. Bumpers? I can't remember. The, 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 I, many, many good times playing those games, though. <laughs> those are some deep cuts that we brought out here. Thanks Very to Jeff. Deep. You can follow me on Twitter at Snowbike Mike. Of course, check me out live streaming on Twitch.tv at Snowbike Mike. Of course, on behalf of myself, Barrett Courtney, the kind of funny team, Gary Witter, the Rogue One, and our special guest, the dopest dude in video games, Jeff Grubb. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Kind of Funny X Cast. Will we be back next week? I don't know. Tune in to find out. Peace, everybody. <laughs>